For a long time, it was thought that our mother earth was composed of four elements, earth, water, air, and fire. Then space was added as a fifth. But today, we're adding sun. And yes, technically not in or on the planet, I grant that scientists here that her average distance from Earth is around 93 million miles. But can we also agree that the sun makes her presence felt in ways impossible to quantify? Or maybe not all impossible. Scientists counted 797 average annual hours of sunlight in Loudoun County over the, over the last 10 years. Thanks, science. So it should come as no surprise that the people of this planet have long worshipped the sun and the Earth's elements in many ways we'll explore today. They are certainly worthy of worship, every one of them. Fire, air, Earth, water, and sun is essential for our survival. Some more than once when combined. Plants, yeah. Um, there's, and, and what's more, each of Earth's elements is both a sustainer and a terminator. We planned that. <laughs> a sustainer and a terminator of life on this planet. Think about it. Both a giver and a taker of life. A creator and a destroyer. Talk about power. And that's what we're talking about today. Power, electrical power in particular. Electricity is the backbone of our modern industrialized society. Its versatility can be put to use in countless ways. I mean it this time. Heating and cooling our shelters, cooking food, transportation, lighting, commerce, communication, computation, the list goes on and on. Let's face it. We rely on electricity produced by Mother Earth's elements for our very survival. And yet, we now know that the predominant source of electricity for much of the past 150 years, the burning of fossil fuels, poses a significant threat to human health and to our magnificent planet Earth. Indeed, a giver and a taker of life. We humans have chosen, perhaps unwittingly in our meager defense, coal-fired power sources over alternative renewable sources for far too long. As a result, one-fifth of the world's greenhouse gas emissions come from burning coal and increasingly natural gas, and that is the single largest cause of climate change. But here's the thing, as humans, we actually have dominion over the use of fire to create power. It's a choice we're making. We're using fire's destructive power rather than drawing renewable energy from wind, sun, earth, and water. And so here's the other thing. We can change that. Uh, humans have recognized and honored the power of wind throughout history. In Greek mythology, Aeolus was a keeper of the winds, and four separate gods, known collectively as Anemoi, represented the winds from each cardinal direction and were associated with different seasons and weather conditions. The Native American tribes, too, 
had wind deities and spirits. And in Hinduism, they revered Vayu, the, the god of wind and breath, as the vital force that animates all life. People have been using wind energy also for thousands of years. As early as 5000 BC, they were using wind to propel boats along the Nile River. By 200 BC, simple wind-powered water pumps were used in China, and windmills with woven reed blades were grinding grain in Persia and the Middle East. Wind energy as we know it today, those large turbines that generate electricity, began being installed in the US in the 1980s. And today, wind energy has become a vital component of the global transition to renewable energy. In 2022, wind power accounted for about 10.2% of the electricity generated in the United States, and globally it represented 6.6% of total electricity production, with China leading the way as they've invested heavily in, in wind energy. Um, wind energy uh, has been used in Virginia since colonial times for transportation, pumping water, powering equipment, and the first windmill in the state was constructed in Flower Dew Plantation in 1621. Even with this long history of wind energy in Virginia, today, less than 1% of Virginia's energy comes from wind. Wind-powered turbines, however, can be um, located both onshore and offshore. So in Virginia, there are projects proposed in the mountainous regions currently to, to implement uh, wind power. And offshore, we have two six-megawatt wind turbines that were installed for pilot testing at the Virginia Coastal Offshore Wind Project in June of 2020. Uh, these, these two are just part of two offshore wind farms in the U.S., and the other one is located um, off the coast of Rhode Island, producing 30 megawatts. Uh, several more are under permitting and, constru and construction, so we should see more soon. Uh, with offshore, globally, uh, the offshore wind energy is only about 7% of, of wind energy, so um, not as much as the ones that you might see on onshore driving uh, in remote rural areas. Um, however, offshore has the potential to power, to harvest a lot of energy. Um, these turbines can be scaled up to one and a half times the height of the Washington Monument, and the blades can be as long as a football field, generating up to 17 megawatts per turbine. Um, so we look forward to seeing more, more wind energy contribution to our renewable sources in the future. All right, let's talk about the sun. Sun gods have been worshipped by various cultures throughout human history, dating back to ancient times, similarly to what we just saw with, with wind. Um, the worship of the sun can be traced to the earliest recorded history um, of human civilization. In ancient Egypt, the sun god Ra was one of the most important gods believed to have created the world and all living things. He was often depicted as a falcon-headed man wearing a solar disc on his head. In ancient Greece, the god Helios was the personification of the sun, often depicted driving his chariot across the sky. The Aztecs of Mexico worshiped the sun god Tone, I knew I was gonna mess that one up. <laughs> Tonatiu, um, who was believed to have sacrificed himself to become the sun and was often depicted with a sunburst on his headdress. In ancient India, the sun god Saraya was worshiped as one of the most important deities of the Hindu pantheon with many hymns and prayers dedicated him to, to him in the Vedas, the sacred texts of Hinduism. The Inca civilizations of South America worshiped Inti, 
the sun god who was considered the most important deity in their religion. They believed that Inti was the father of all other gods and that he controlled the seasons and the weather. In many cultures, the sun was seen as a powerful force of nature, providing light and warmth and often associated with life and fertility. Sun gods were believed to have the power to heal, to bring prosperity, and to protect their worshipers from harm. Humans have also been using the power of the sun for thousands of years to do things such as dry clothes and heat water and homes. Dating back to 4,000 years ago, Chinese home builders actually originated much of the passive solar techniques that, techniques that we still use today. They oriented their houses facing south so that the low-angled low winter sun would heat the home's interiors and used long roof overhangs to block out summer sunlight and keep it cool. Ancient Greece and Rome adopted similar passive solar techniques, and the English invented the first greenhouses in the 1500s. In 1767, a Swiss physicist invented the first solar oven, but it wasn't until relatively recently in the 19th century that humans began exploring the potential of solar energy for generating electricity. The process of turning solar energy into electricity is called photovoltaics. And the first solar cell was created in 1883 with a 1% efficiency. In the 1950s, Bell Labs discovered the use of silicon for solar panels as efficiency rose to the point where solar panels were actually regularly used for space exploration in the 1950s and 60s. And you can see one of the first satellites um, with solar panels on it in that, um, in that picture. So today our solar panels are about 15 to 22% efficient and the cost per kilowatt hour has come down dramatically such that um, you know, we, we are seeing this technology used more and more. In 2021, for example, um, solar was responsible for 2.8% of energy production in the US and it accounts for about 4% in the state of Virginia. 2.8% is, um, is also about the amount of world's energy that's produced by solar. But how much of the world's energy could we produce by solar? Well, in one hour, enough sunlight reaches the Earth to power electricity needs for everyone on the planet for a year. And we could capture enough energy to power the planet if we could cover um, 100, about 115,000 square miles or 74 million acres in solar panels. And this is roughly the size of New Mexico or Arizona. But as we know, the sun only shines during the day, so we'd also need a massive amount of battery storage to rely on solar. So it's the potential of combining um, the Earth's elements to generate electricity that's truly impressive, as we'll continue to hear throughout today's service. Earth is part of many different traditions. In ancient Greek mythology, Gaia, or Mother Earth, was a great goddess worshipped as the universal mother. She gave birth to the first gods and humans and was the intelligence behind Earth's architecture of mountains, rivers, and trees. Today, working in harmony with nature is fundamental to Taoism, Hinduism, Buddhism, and indigenous traditions worldwide. Geothermal energy, heat within the Earth's crust, is a renewable resource which has been used in various ways throughout history. For example, Archaeological records show that ancient Roman, Chinese, and Native American cultures used hot springs not only for therapeutic and religious purposes, but for bathing, cooking, and heating as well. Where geothermal energy is close to the Earth's surface, it can be used commercially, such as the Geyers Resort Hotel in California. 
Since the 1890s, large-scale public utilization of geothermal power was introduced with the development of district heating system in Idaho. It supplied hot water directly to over 100 homes. This development served as the precursor to modern-day district heating, now more widely practiced in and beyond the United States. In Reykjavik, Iceland, it heats most of the buildings. The invention of geothermal-driven generator for producing electricity and the first geothermal power plant was developed in Italy. Today, the U.S. is the worldwide leader in generating electricity from geothermal energy. The California Geysers Geothermal Complex is the largest in the world, able to power over one million homes. Put into perspective, its capacity is just a bit smaller than Virginia's Lake Anna nuclear facility. Generating electricity using geothermal energy has benefits. First, it's clean and extracted without burning fossil fuels. Second, like all other renewables, it's homegrown, facilitating energy independence. Third, it's available 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, regardless of the weather, balancing intermittent sources of energy like wind and solar. In Loudoun County, geothermal energy is not used to generate electricity, but to provide homes warmth in the winter and coolness in the summer through heat pumps. Geothermal heat pumps require little maintenance and significantly reduces energy consumption and costs. The importance of water in the Bible is nowhere more evident than the first chapters and verses of Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the face of the waters. Water is mentioned between 9 and 20 times in the first 10 verses, depending on your Bible. Life waters, such as the Jordan and the Ganges, still to this day provide many rituals, including purification, holy water, baptism, fertility, birthing rituals, and the washing away of sins. Water is seen as a positive with its use in drinking, washing, and bathing. It is said that water makes you clean, externally, internally, and spiritually. As a power source, water goes back thousands of years. The Greeks were using water wheels for grinding wheat into flour over 2,000 years ago. Later, other cultures used water for irrigation and delivery systems, and then the transformative sawmill. The world's first hydroelectric power plant began operation in 1882 on the Fox River in Appleton, Wisconsin. As of the year 2020, 17% of the world's power comes from hydroelectricity. Here in the US, it's up to 31%. In Loudoun, it's just 1%. So how do we get electricity from water? Usually a dam is built on a large river with a large drop in elevation. Guess we don't have one of those in Loudoun. The dam stores the water. Gravity causes it to fall into a pen where a turbine is moved by the water. And the shaft from the turbine goes up into a generator, which then produces power. Lines are connected to generators, which carry power to our homes and businesses. According to the US Geological Survey, there are a number of benefits from using hydroelectricity. 
Hydroelectricity is a renewable energy source. It promotes guaranteed energy and price stability because river water is a domestic resource, which contrary to fossil fuels is not subject to market fluctuations. It contributes to the storage of drinking water because power, power plant reservoirs collect rainwater, which can be used for consumption and or irrigation. It increases the stability and reliability of electrical systems because electricity systems depend on rapid and flexible generation sources to meet peak demands. It helps fight climate change because it produces very small amounts of greenhouse gases. It improves the air we breathe as the power plants don't release pollutants into the air, which means clean and cheap power for today and tomorrow. And so to end with a quote from Nicholas Sparks, it is life, I think, to watch the water. A man can learn so many things.